When was the last time you donned a breastplate? Yeah, probably never. Neither have I. But Paul talks about a breastplate of righteousness being armor that we're always supposed to have on. It's a little bit odd until you recognize that he's not talking about righteousness in the way we typically think about it, but in a very impactful way, he's going to address the very center of who we are and how we guard that from attack. And that's precisely what we're going to look at here in part three of Armor of God. Hey, welcome to the teaching series. I'm Brad Gray, and I'm thrilled you're tuning in. You know, the Bible can be difficult to understand, and typically the confusion occurs when we try to read the Bible devoid of its context. Context is everything, and yet the vast majority of people have never been taught how to engage the Bible in its original context of history, geography, cultural backgrounds, and more. At Walking the Text, we create resources to help people understand the Bible in its original context so that they can learn, love, and live it out every day. This podcast is the audio version of our video-based series that you can find at walkingthetext.com or on our YouTube channel at Walking the Text. As you grow in your understanding of biblical context, you'll read the Bible with greater clarity and confidence than ever before. With that in mind, let's jump into our episode. everyone, welcome back to our mini-series on the Armor of God, where we're talking about how we stand firm in the midst of the battles of life. And in our last episode, we just began tapping into the six pieces of armor that Paul highlights in Ephesians chapter 6. And one of the things that we noted is that the first three pieces he identifies are pieces of armor we're always supposed to have on. And then he's going to get to three pieces of armor that we take up when the battle becomes fierce. And so in our last episode, we looked at the belt and today we get to jump into the breastplate. So notice with me Ephesians 6.14. Stand firm, therefore, having, there's our having language, belted your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. All right, so Paul highlights this breastplate, and the Greek word that he uses here is the word thoraka. It comes from the Greek word thorax, and it just simply means a protective covering for the chest in combat. Uh, This word thoraka is a Greek kind of catch-all term for any kind of protective covering for the chest when it comes to a battle. Now, on our Roman soldier here, because Paul is drawing on Roman soldier imagery to talk about this armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, and I have highlighted here this armor or this breastplate being called the Lorica Segmentata. If we kind of zoom in here, this is a really great breastplate that Roman legionnaires would have. But it wasn't the only kind. In fact, there are lots of different lorica, which is the Latin word for breastplate there. And segmentata is the specific kind that you are seeing in this image. And there have been about five or six different types of Roman breastplates that have been found, but many scholars estimate up to 25 to 
30 different types of breastplates would have been used by Roman soldiers. So this is the Lorica segmentata. This is the Lorica hamata, another popular kind. This is a coat of mail. So it's represented this way. Here's another example of a soldier wearing that in kind of a modern reenactment. But this one was probably the one that soldiers really wanted the most. At least this is of what's been found in archaeological excavation. This one would make the most sense because it is pieces of metal that are assembled together by strips of leather. And so it is lightweight, it is agile, it allows the soldier complete freedom of movement, and it's also incredibly, incredibly protective. Uh, this is actually a Lorica segmentata that has been found in archaeological excavation. It's probably the best example of what's been found, and it's this part right here, and then this is the modern rendition of what that would have looked like. But it's purpose, regardless if it's a Lorica segmentata, a Lorica hamata, or some other Lorica, is that the single purpose of a breastplate was to protect your vital organs. Of course, chief among those, your heart, but also your lungs, your gut, everything that is at your core. And so when Paul is talking about the armor of God, he says, having put on the breastplate, he connects the breastplate to righteousness. Now, the word righteousness used here in Ephesians 6 is the word dikaiosune. And dikaiosune means right, fair, righteousness, or to be in proper or right relationship. And that's really tapping into what we see in the Hebrew scriptures around righteousness. Because typically we hear the word righteousness and we think like right behavior or right living. And that's true, but it's actually much bigger than that. And in the Hebrew scriptures, righteousness is almost always connected to justice. And this theme of righteousness and justice always being paired together is something that's so significant we took an entire teaching series episode to unpack that. And that is episode 111 from our mini-series, The Dignity of Difference. So if you want to go deeper in how this is established in the Hebrew Scriptures and how it gets played out throughout all of Scripture, check out episode 111. We'll link it under this video teaching as well for quick reference for you. But righteousness and justice are paired together. And we begin with the word righteousness in Hebrew is the word zedekah. The word justice in Hebrew is the word mishpat. And this is how they work together. It begins with righteousness because righteousness means the standard of being in right relationship. So when we go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and we see God creating a good world, there are four relationships in life. There's a relationship we have with God, there's a relationship we have with others, there's a relationship we have with self, and there's a relationship we have with creation. And so righteousness is being in right relationship. But when righteousness breaks down, such as Adam and Eve taking from the tree and all these relationships of life being broken, now justice is required because mishpat means the actions taken to restore righteousness and prevent further injustice. 
So if all is well with righteousness, justice is not necessary. But when righteousness breaks down, justice is necessary. And so the whole goal is righteousness, being in right relationship, because righteousness is relational at its core. And so Paul links this breastplate with righteousness. Now, one of the things that we've been asking in this series when we come to a key word is, how has Paul used that same word already in the letter? Because that's helpful to go, what did he already say to the Ephesian community? And what are they pulling into the present moment, such as when he links the breastplate with relationship through this idea of righteousness? Well, Paul mentions it in Ephesians 5 in a short list, but it's in Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 23, where he kind of expounds on this idea of righteousness. And just notice the context here. He says, in reference to your former way of life, and he's talking to church people here, he says, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So we've got this word righteousness here, and Paul is using it in the context of putting on the new self. So he's saying there are certain actions, there's a certain way of living and being that's your old self. He says, take that off. It's literally clothing language. And he says, put on the new self. And he says that new self is in the likeness of God. It's reflecting God and it's true righteousness and holiness. And when you see the larger context of where this goes in Ephesians 4, Paul's using this, that this extends out in how you relate with other people. So righteousness is relational. It starts with our relationship with God and then it extends out to other people. So this is how Paul is using it in Ephesians. Now, what's interesting is to Paul's Jewish audience in Ephesus, they would have known their Hebrew scriptures and chief among the books of the Bible that people knew in the first century was the book of Isaiah. And interestingly, we have a breastplate of righteousness in Isaiah. Uh, it's Isaiah 59 verse 17, and it's talking about what God puts on. What does God's armor look like? And it says he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a cloak. So we have righteousness like a breastplate, God's armor. But there's a larger context going on here in Isaiah 59. And if you were to go to Isaiah 59, you would recognize this is a chapter talking about the sin of God's people and them confessing what they have done that was wrong. So if we just go back a couple of verses and you start in verse 14, notice the larger context. It says, justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the public squares and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. So it's a scene where justice and righteousness 
are not happening among the people. Again, this is the people acknowledging their own sin. This is their confession that they said it got so bad that even truth was stumbling in the squares. Uprightness was not even allowed to be present. And it displeased God. And so God goes, I'm going to do something about this. And God's response is to don a breastplate of righteousness, to get these relationships made right. And God does that through the breastplate of righteousness. It's fascinating. It's a background passage from Isaiah 59. Now, one other really cool connection, I just want to briefly mention this, is that this does not show up in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's actually found in the Apocrypha, but it was a very popular Jewish work that was completed at the end of the first century BC in Alexandria, and it's a Jewish work called the Book of Wisdom or the Book of Solomon. And it's a book about wisdom, and righteousness is a key theme. And in it, chapter 5, verses 17 to 19, it says the Lord will take his zeal as his whole armor and will arm all of creation to repel his enemies. So notice this in the context of repelling the enemies. He will put on righteousness as a breastplate. So we have two references in Jewish literature to God donning a breastplate of righteousness. And in this context here, God is fighting against his frenzied foes, against his enemies. So it's just really cool how Paul is drawing on a number of things in order to communicate what the breastplate of righteousness is all about. This protective covering to protect your vital organs, to protect your heart. Paul says to protect the core of who you are, make sure you are always wearing the breastplate of relationships, the breastplate of righteousness, because righteousness is relational. And if I just had to kind of like summarize it into a statement, we guard our hearts by preserving right relationships. And when you think about this in the larger context of the onslaught of the enemy, this makes complete sense that Paul links the breastplate that protected your vital organs with righteousness, with relationships. Because if we're not in right relationship with God, it impacts everything else in our lives. And it's like what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to expose the broken relationships in our lives. In fact, I would argue that the enemy's number one purpose is to wreck relationships. Because all of life is centered around relationships. And the enemy wants to attack our relationship with God. The enemy wants us to begin to believe that there is something fundamentally wrong with our relationship with God. And so the enemy will attack this in us and make us start to question what God's love and God's grace and God's forgiveness looks like in our lives. Uh, the enemy wants to attack the relationships that we have with others, with our spouse, with our children, with our friends, because we all know what it's like to not be in proper relationship with someone we're close to. It weighs on us. It messes with us. It is draining. It is exhausting. And it says, if what going is going on here is Paul said, listen, if you are not living in right relationship then the very core of who you are 
is vulnerable to attack from the enemy. That we need to be vigilant with our relationships, beginning with our relationship with God. Are we pursuing that on a daily basis? Are we living into rhythms and practices that strengthen our relationship with God so that we don't give the evil one an opportunity to expose that core relationship where all of life is built on? Uh, Are we living into right relationships with those around us? Where are we living into a lack of forgiveness? Where are we not pursuing reconciliation? Where are we actively living in discord with other people? Because that impacts us. And it's also just even the relationship with ourselves is that if we're not addressing things in our life that are negatively impacting us, like that is a foothold, that is an open door for the enemy to go through. And so I would just simply ask this question of us today, where are we not pursuing right relationship in our lives? Where might the Holy Spirit be pushing us or prodding us to go, we need to address that? Or we need to do something about this. Because if we are not actively pursuing right relationship in our life, Paul's like, that's, those are your vital organs. Like the enemy will come after you in those very areas and it will expose the core aspects of life and it brings like the greatest pain, the greatest heartache, the greatest sorrow when the relationships in life that are important to us break down. So what do you need to do to pursue right relationship in your life today? What maybe God be asking you to do? Because as Proverbs 4.23 reminds us, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And Paul says, I'll tell you how you guard your heart you don a breastplate of righteousness. And that will allow you to fight the battle in a way that you can stand firm. So friends, there you go. Another episode here in the armor of God. As always, we hope that this is helpful to you, challenging to you. We have questions that go along with each episode to help you to go deeper and further for yourself or the small group that you're a part of. And so we just want to remind you that you can go check those out under all of the episodes. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And may you walk out the text well in your life.